career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where we have conversations, well, as the title says, with real men about real stuff. Us guys in our 40s and older go through the bullshit, the real stuff, and sometimes just the crazy making stuff that we make up in our own heads. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and I try to find guys that are really interesting. Sometimes I don't know. I always find guys that are really interesting. But um, I met this guest today at an event in San Diego about a month and a half ago at Todd Herman's event. Go check out Todd. He has an amazing book out that I would encourage everyone to go look at about alter egos and how we do this in our life. And I met Mike, who's my guest today. And um, I just loved his style on stage. He's like the king of copywriting. He works with a lot of entrepreneurs and others to really help them with their copywriting stuff. And then in a candid, just kind of, hey, we kind of know somebody and another guy who's been on the show, Jeff Goins. And we started talking about, oh, what do guys in 40s struggle with? And Mike said, you know, I'm in an interesting space about family and doing my thing and do I stay where I'm at and all that sort of stuff. And I know that a lot of guys get to this space where it's like, do I stick with doing what I need to do to support the family? And I'm not talking about his married family or do I kind of go off and do my own thing? So Mike, so glad we met. So glad you're here, bro. Thanks for tuning in and being here with me, man. It is a pleasure to be with you, Rick. And for all you guys tuning in, I hope to add some value to you today. Hey, I know you will. I know you will. So let's like literally dive into this because our conversation was suddenly like in the midst of a cocktail hour, we started having this conversation about what it's like when you kind of have that family that, okay, I live really close to them because I want to be a part of it. But what would happen if I decided I didn't, you know, if I needed to go do my own thing? And, and that's really a struggle for a lot of guys. So why don't you kind of take us into like where that is for you and why that's something kind of top of mind for you at times? Yeah, sure. So uh, last couple of years have been pretty rough on the personal side. It's been a time of great personal growth, but also a lot of great personal heartache. Uh, I went through a divorce. I don't have any kids, but we were married for 12 years when it was all said and done. And because I can work from anywhere, I actually gave my ex-wife the house. I gave her the you know, the condo. You gave her everything. I just said, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. And um, because I can work from anywhere, that's also a downside. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, sometimes these, these decisions are made for us based on a job or on a, you know, uh, on, on a significant other. Absolutely. Um, or extended family. And that's actually where I ended up. So I lived just outside of New York City. Now I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. And this is where my mother and her husband live. And mm-hmm. it's also where my sister, her husband, and her two kids live. Yep. And they said a couple of years ago, look, you can't just float around and live out of hotels. Uh, come here and be in your family. See your nephews grow up. They're adorable. They're also exhausting. Right. Uh, four and two years old. And so I've been here, parked here for the last two and a half years or so. It's only starting to feel like home. But... I'm staying with family and mm-hmm. I still travel full time or a lot of the time out of the year because yep. I'm in the conference speaking circuit is, yep. is where we met. 
So when we talked, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to stay in Virginia or not. I'm thinking about just globetrotting for a few months. I'm thinking of moving somewhere, but I have no idea where. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes this freedom is like, you know, it, sometimes it's like we actually need some limitations yep. uh, to help us make these decisions. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And it's such an interesting space because having been divorced myself, of course, I had kids. So, you know, I wasn't going to go anywhere too far away for sure. But there's this freedom piece that kind of shows up. It's like, okay, I really would like to be able to do this. And even as I came out the other side of the divorce and then started dating, and of course, my life was completely different because I came out of the closet simultaneously. Uh, there were a lot of decisions I had to make around, gosh, how far do I go? You know, what's going to be best for my kids and my experience? And I think yours is a parallel. It's like, okay, well, how far do you go where you do maintain the familial bond, but then sometimes you need that little wing spread, so to speak, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to really go enjoy it. And have you seen this impact you on a, I know you said personal basis, which everything is personal, but have you seen it impact you in your business? You know, having these thoughts of like, wow, I don't feel like I can quite spread my wings enough. Does it get in your way there? No, the business hasn't suffered too much. For those of you who aren't familiar, um, most people aren't. They're like, what, what do you actually do? Uh, I, I run an online business. So I'm an online educator when it comes to marketing. Uh, I help people write better ads and better marketing collateral. And so long story short, I can run the business from anywhere because I'll either, either have clients hire me to write for them or I will coach people, entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. online through Zoom or yeah. some other video software. And so I can essentially work from anywhere as long as I have a decent internet connection and the time zone isn't too crazy for some of these live calls. And so um, it's actually been really good for me to be with my family from a creative standpoint because I feel grounded. Uh, I feel like some sense of belonging, but it's really been hard from a friendship standpoint yep. and making some, putting some roots down, making some friends locally here. So um, that's where it's been a little bit tough. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And I, I have seen that happen with a lot of people, a lot of guys that I've worked with, especially the guys who go through divorces and then they're like, okay, uh, how do I do this and how do I put down the reroutes, so to speak? Mm -hmm. Yet there's always some sense of, okay, if I, if I stay close to family, there's almost like this open door policy that kind of happens unless you put that boundary in place. And then if, of course, if you're divorced and have kids and there's that whole other aspect of life to kind of juggle as well. And I know for me, when I was in that space, one of the things I immediately started doing for myself was even though my wife, ex-wife and I were in a good space for the most part, there were the times where I almost felt like, because I felt so guilty about coming out of the closet, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll say yes to this or yes to this or yes. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I realized, wait, I'm not getting any space. I'm not getting any time to myself. And we re I recently talked to another guy on the podcast He's like, yeah, there's times I feel guilty for asking for, you know, space or time to myself. And it can be tough because you have this like, oh, I want to be with the family. I want to be close to the nephews, but I need my mic time too. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself yeah, it, in that it, a lot? Um, yes and no. So it's always funny. I always tell people like clarity comes through a marriage of uh, movement and meditation, right? It's like mm -hmm. this dance. Yeah. And it doesn't just drop in your lap and say, oh, like, this is what I want with my life. That's ridiculous. We're always changing. We're always evolving. Our preferences are always changing. And I was fortunate because over the 
the, the last two and a half years or so, I spent a six-month period in Florida on my own mm-hmm. on a consulting gig with, um, with a client of mine, and I lived alone. And so I had a small sliver of a taste of that. And, you know, there are worse places to be than Florida yep. in the winter. Yep. I hated it, man. Like, I <laughs> legit hated it. I was like, I don't like this place at all. I was in the Palm <clears throat> Beach area, and I, I just felt like it, it was complete. I thought I would love it. And I hated it. I didn't just like dislike it. I hated it. Mm. Uh, it was so boring. There was no diversity. There's no good food scene. There was no nightlife. Yep. And it is like not the place you go when you are a freshly divorced single male. Right. You know, so, um, but that also cued into me some, some of that mic time that you were mentioning. Like I had that me time for six months. I did have friends fly down and visit. I did have family come visit for two or three weeks at a time. Right. So I wasn't completely alone and I had my own space, but that also helped me realize this is not what I want. I do mm-hmm. want to be sort of near my family or within, you know, reach of them. So, uh, and I like DC. It just doesn't, I grew up near New York and nothing's right. like New York. Right. right. So, um, it's it that whole idea of that clarity comes through a marriage of movement and meditation. That's something I teach a lot in business, but it's yep. great life advice too. Yep. And so I just have to remember that for myself. And what I find interesting when guys, you know, especially guys, and because this podcast is all about, you know, guys and how we get stuck is there's this interesting space where, okay, well, this is what's happening. I'm just kind of stuck here. And so then they either try to force figuring this out instead of, okay, take some quiet. And I love this clarity in the marriage of moving and meditation because I am always working with my clients. Like, okay, I want you to slow down, but I also want you to keep moving. I want you to take a pause, but I want you to realize that pause is actually moving you forward. And, right. and I know that's when I fuck with them, right? <laughs> Cause they're like, right. wait, you're confusing me. You want me moving forward, but you want me slowing down. I'm like, yes, because this is something that I think most men don't know how to do is to move forward right. in the right ways versus let's go, let's kill the deals, let's do this, let's you know win the games, all this sort of stuff. It's like all of that is good because there's a piece of that that actually supports any human being. But I don't know that when guys are in crisis or challenge or change, they know how to bring that let's hit the pause button or let's hit the slowdown button because in the slowdown and the pause is when the clarity becomes very obvious yeah you know when it it reminds me of this um it was something an older wiser business leader taught me when i was in my 20s actually Hmm. and this may not be uh politically correct anymore because we're just kind of broad brushing so i'm gonna i'm just gonna be the disclaimer here guys we're all broad broad brushing brushing but he said so he said uh we can characterize an age group admittedly generic but it can characterize each age group by a simple question they ask of themselves internally Mm-hmm. So when, when dudes are in their 20s, here's what we say. What am I supposed to do with my life? Mm-hmm. When we're in our 30s, we go, how am I going to get all this done? Mm-hmm. When we're in our 40s, we say, why are some of my peers doing better than me? Now, if that doesn't ring true for us in our 40s, I don't know what else does, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. When a man gets into his 50s, he asks himself, how much longer can I keep doing the things that define me? Mm-hmm. When they're in their 60s, they say, does anyone know who I used to be? And in their 70s, they ask them, 70s and other, they, they generally ask themselves, does anyone know who I am? Right. 
will anyone remember who I am? Mm-hmm. And that's always served me really well. For the last 20 years, I've, I've, I've kind of like had this framework in my mind. I've taught it. I've written about it. Yeah. And I realize I'm in that stage. Why are, my, some, why are some of my peers doing better than me? I see that in, in fellow business leaders. I, feel, uh, I see that in just other friends that I have. And I have to remind myself, dude, slow down on some of this stuff. Yep. Okay, they had a leg up on some of this stuff. And there's things that I have a leg up on on other people. So it's interesting because I think my buddies who are married and have kids, they're like, Mike's life must be so amazing. He mm-hmm. can go anywhere, work from anywhere, uh, bang whoever he wants, right. drink whatever he <laughs> wants, right? And I was like, dude, it's also cripplingly lonely at times. Yeah. You know, I wish kind of, I didn't want to get divorced. Mm-hmm. We just, my ex-wife and I are still friends. Um, we, we just fucked up a lot of shit that we couldn't fix. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and I've been very open about that because she just went through a midlife crisis when she was 30 instead of 40. Mm. And so she, if anything, she was the one who really blew it up and she would be the first to admit that. Mm. And I just said, after a year and a half of craziness, I'm like, Hey, we're obviously not getting anywhere anywhere this, like, right. We're not able to, we don't have the skill set to fix this. Right. Um, we have destroyed the foundation of this thing. So, um, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. And that was one of the, the, the decisions I'm most proud of in my life because I stopped taking it. I stopped mm-hmm. taking this crap yep. and being codependent and being a caretaker, mm-hmm. even though I didn't want to be divorced. And even though she ultimately didn't want to be divorced either, it was just really the only path forward for either of us. And we're both in a healthier place. Of course. And I had to realize, man, this needed to happen in my life for whatever reason so that I could become a better version of myself. Yep. So stop worrying about what everyone else is doing. They've got kids because I always wanted kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, they've got kids. What a four bedroom house with two people. Right. We're supposed to fill it with some kids, man. Right, right. right, so, right. so, yeah. So that, that question of why are some of my peers doing better than me is a, it's a terrible question. It doesn't mm-hmm. serve you. Mm-hmm. And yet the common thing about all these questions is, is their focus on what we don't have. Right. And you know, when, we, when we get clear on, on just simply understanding if that's the frame by which we, if that's the perspective by which we frame everything in our lives, we're, we're setting ourselves up for misery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting that you brought the stages up because I just had a conversation almost identical with a buddy of mine who's a therapist and he was just on the show and he went through the same exact stages, but we came at it from a different space. Same exact things. He brought up the same things. But we came at it from, so in our 20s, what's the 20s one, Mike? Let's start there because I want to. Uh, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> right. So what am I going to do with my life? But we talked about it from how men bring their physicality into that stage. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Am I going to be like Mr. Buff? Am I going to be Mr. Runner? Am I going to do this? You know, we, and then suddenly we get to our 40s and we're trying to do in our 40s, we're comparing ourselves to what everybody else has. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at Mike and he's like this tall, slender, handsome Asian guy. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm a big fat cow. You know, I'm, I guess I'm 15 years older than him. But it's this interesting thing where suddenly we're trying to bring our 20 something physicality to our 40 something life, which our mm. body really can't do. It doesn't mean we can't be slim and trim and all that sort of stuff. But it's the same sort of stuff. We're doing this in our physical life. We're doing this in our mental and emotional life. We're doing this in the way that we look at success. And then the next thing I know, and I loved 
Todd's event. It was, it was very eye opening for me in some ways. And I, I'm an old dog. That's always like, teach me some new tricks. If you can't out of there. Right. But what I found so interesting is I saw this generational thing happening where people are like, Ooh, I gotta be doing this. Ooh, I gotta be doing this. Ooh, I gotta be doing this. And I'm like, wait, 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 put it in perspective. You are where you are. I am where I am. And that's okay. Because mm-hmm. I don't have to be exactly there. And I love that you just shared this, man, because I think this is so freaking important for guys to really start to grab this and to go, okay, where am I at and why am I doing this? Why am I fucking comparing myself to everybody else? It's not good for your (laughs) mental capacity. It's not good for how you look at yourself. And then as soon as you get in that space, it isn't good for you in so many other ways. And suddenly you're tearing yourself down when you don't really need to. Yeah, absolutely. We, we tend to live under what I've heard it said like this. I've heard it expressed like this, the trance of unworthiness. And if we really think about what is a trance, it, a trance is, I mean, we're in this altered state Yep. and usually not a good one. We don't no. ever describe someone being in a trance as being good. That's different than someone playing basketball and being in the zone. That's yep. not kind of, that's yep. not the trance we're talking about. We're, I'm talking about this trance of unworthiness where you know, I started asking myself these, these four simple questions. Do I accept my body the way it is? Do I accept my mind the way it is? Do I accept my emotions and moods as they are? Do I feel I'm a bad person because of the ways that I behave? And usually, like, our answers to most of those four questions are no. Like, do I accept it's so it's interesting you said about do I accept my body the way it is? No, yep, I don't like it's interesting. You look at me this way, but I'm looking at like, well, I'm too thin, I want to gain some muscle, I can't mm-hmm. do that if my life compared like depended on it with my mind. I'm okay because I use my mind a lot at work, right. but do I accept my emotions and my moods? Do I judge myself for getting sad or lonely or depressed? 1000%. Sure, do I feel I'm a bad person because of ways I behave because I like ghosted a girl because I was basically just using her to hook up or something. Yeah. I feel like an ass, Mm -hmm. you know? So, Mm -hmm. but I can't get to a point where like I can accept myself until I stop. um, How would I say this? Eyeing and mying. Like I or my, or because we all live under this trance of unworthiness as if like nothing we do, is good enough, and you know, you mentioned you mentioned a few books, but I want to I want to recommend another book. Uh, it's called The Big Leap mm-hmm. by Gay Hendricks, and the basic premise of this book is that we have all a limited tolerance for feeling good. Like, how effed up is that? Right? <laughs> we enjoy a period of feeling really good, and then we do something subconsciously or consciously yep. to mess it up. We go on a bender, mm-hmm. uh, we go on a Vegas trip, and gamble and get the strippers and all the deal. We, yep. we, we make a stupid freaking business move or even our bodies. Like we just mm-hmm. get sick. We don't even realize that we've allowed ourselves to get sick. And so the point is, you know, we hit this upper limit and then because we're in this trance of unworthiness, we manufacture these thoughts and make us feel like crap. And yep. like, we just have this limited tolerance for our lives going well. And I've seen this in, I mean, I bet you, you could think of friends, right now that you oh, see I, I see it in myself you know it's interesting so here's a little backstory that <clears throat> i know mike doesn't know this and i won't i may have v- vaguely mentioned it at the conference but i this year beginning of 2019 i said 
I am not doing any conferences. I'm not doing any of that stuff because I go and I spend the money and I, nothing happens. And I own that a lot of times mm. it's because I don't do shit with it. Right. And I actually stepped away from national speakers association this year. And I stepped away from everything except one event. And then Todd's thing came along. I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. It's kind of in my backyard. I just live, you know, just a six hour drive away. You know, I could do this. I could use a little like getaway, whatever, but I did it differently. I went with the intention of let's be curious. Let me figure out if this is something, let me be inspired. And here's, <laughs> and those who know my brand and have and been working with me lately know this to be true. It was on that drive down and back. And because of some of the things that were said, you were one of the people that like, oh, wow, I'm seeing so much of what he showed me um, that everything changed with my brand. Yeah. Because what I started realizing, I'd already had the brand that says no fears, no excuses, no apologies. But I was like, really like, oh, but is that enough? Is that good enough? Does this have to da, 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 da? And I was like questioning every bit of it. And what changed was. I'm driving in the car and I'm like, you know what? This is what I do. I've got this podcast for guys 40 plus. I'm teaching these guys how to create a life and have an attitude and a mindset of no fears, no excuses, no apologies. But then when I'm working in front of entrepreneurs, I'm doing the same freaking thing. You cannot run a business. You cannot be an entrepreneur until you adopt that mindset of no fears, no excuses, and no apologies. But then on the flip side, I can go work with a business like I'm doing now. I'm doing some stuff in the wine business where I'm taking them through different aspects of that same thing. And it was because I gave myself that permission to not compare. Number two, yeah. not to hold Todd and every speaker on that stage accountable for my success and said, Rick, if you're going to be successful, you're going to have to pull the things from this that work for you and go take them and own them. Yep. And it's because I'm in a space in my life. So in my mid fifties where this is my decade, like, I really want to do this thing. What is this about me? This is my decade. My kids are gone. My husband and I are doing good. But what is it I want to do for me? And because I tuned into that and I said, you know what? If everybody else doesn't think this is a great brand, I don't really give a fuck. It's working for me. And because as soon as I bought into that, I'm, I'm in. I am so yeah. fully in. Yeah. And I think when we as men can turn that kind of energy, you are so fully in right now to like, Hey, this is where I am. I'm with my family. I'm close to them. I'm fully in that. But when the time comes, you're like, and I can be fully out and make this work. That's when you'll make it work. And when you'll move forward. And, and it's just such an interesting space to play, especially for us guys, I think, because yeah, this is kind of deep stuff we're talking about. Um, but giving ourselves those permissions to move forward. So, uh, and there it is. It's a dance between mm -hmm. movement and meditation. It is. You go, it, it's hilarious. You go, you drive six hours to the freaking conference, but right. the whole time in the car, you're, you're meditating, you're thinking deeply mm -hmm. about, I'm going to go with it. it. It's crazy. Yep. And yep. that's just what we have to understand. And it's also interesting because it even ties into the interesting way that you and I ended up meeting and talking about knowing Jeff Goins. And then suddenly we have this commonality mm -hmm. and it's like, there was the movement. I moved in to yep. like have a conversation with you and open the doorway a little bit more, which I I'm comfortable doing a lot of the time. I'm like, Hey, let's just see what, but then, then asking you to do this podcast, mm -hmm. like, okay, well that's a movement thing, you know, but the, why did I want that? Because I'd been thinking, how can I bring something like this? And then as soon as you said, Oh, here's this interesting kind of dilemma I'm in, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, there it is. 
there was there a, it I is. had the meditative moment. I thought about it, and now here's the movement, and now here we are. So, so of course, Mike and I have just solved all the world's problems in 20 minutes. Or that less, is so, it. Yeah. <laughs> But I love it. It was a man. pleasure. Like, no, no. And it's really cool. So before we flag out of here, man, so what do you think the next move for you is? Where do you, where do you see yourself in six months? Uh, actually, I, I, I actually see myself living overseas. Cool. I've already been scouting it out. So this is, um, you know, real quick. Um, I am Korean American. I was born in California. I was born in Berkeley. I'm a white dude in an Asian body. Yep. Um, but what's interesting is my wife was Korean. Uh, my ex-wife and uh, I'm like it's over the last five years or so, especially I think because of the rejection I felt yep. from her yep. during that really, really tough season. Like I really, really started to like venture more into like, I want to know more about my culture or like, I, it was almost like I was trying to redeem that from like Asian or Korean culture, or even women uh, that I was pursuing. And so it's kind of, I've, I've tried to use that as fuel to try to like better myself. So I've, mm -hmm. I've reached out to someone to teach me Korean because I can't speak past the kindergarten, you know, level. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just this phase that I'm in. And I, one thing I've learned is that I'm going to, I'm going to keep moving towards what pulls me so much of the time as men, like we, we freaking push. You know, we push into stuff, right? Lean in and press in. I don't, I want to like heed the call of what's pulling and drawing me. And if I can't stop like thinking about moving to Asia or even particularly Korea, um, well, then that tells me something. And I'm going to set myself up, my business, my life in a way that's going like start asking my friends, do you know people there? You know, I have relatives mm -hmm. who are there. I'm starting to make, take some action, that sure. movement, um, to step towards that. Because that's where I just actually see a little bit of the part in the fog clearing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, dude, in six months, you know, um, the summertime is a great time to be there. I, I may be there. Okay. And I'm going to awesome. go after my U.S. conference travel season dies mm -hmm. down, which is typically from March to May. Yep. And then, shoot, man, I may be there in the summer and live there for six months. Who knows? That's awesome. So, yeah, I love that that's where you came to <laughs> as we wrap up here because there's something interesting in the parallel. When you said I'm going to move forward towards what is pulling me, I have tried so hard over the last three years to kind of like, yeah, I need to walk away from being that coming out coach guy. I want to be more. I want to be doing this other stuff. And I'll be damned if I'm not right there doing exactly what I'm doing because one of my keynotes is everybody's got closets and our buddy Jeff Goins and I are talking about, Hey Rick, I think that should be your next book. Really? That's the one. Cause that could be yeah. the one that like takes you everywhere in the world. And it's so yeah. interesting as much as I've tried to distance myself from what I'm really, really, really good at, I'm actually doing it. I'm just doing it in a different way with different people. And yeah. I would encourage any guy to follow what Mike just said, that you're going to keep moving forward towards what is pulling you rather than running away or pushing it away. Because whatever is pulling you, there's a reason that you're being called and pulled into that. All right. So now that we've solved the world's problems again for a second time, unless again, heck yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and ironically, um, as we're sitting here, I'm watching my little messenger. And of course, guess who just messaged me? Mr. Goy. So there we go. Uh, um, so anyway, man, thanks so much. We will have all the stuff on the site to connect with Mike. Amazing guy. Love his copyright. Love his style. Very funny. 
but very business oriented. I'd love for you guys. If you are in that midlife space, needing to start a business or move your business forward, need some help in that arena, make sure you connect with Mike. And um, remember, he's working from anywhere in the world. So it's not like you have to track him down. We will find him until I be able to help you. So that's it. Thanks, Mike, for being here, buddy. Appreciate you. And thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap for 40 plus. Real men, real talk. Where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where the conversations continue.